and welcome back to part two of the fantasy land review here on the castle collective and i am super super stoked because we have such a great collection tonight of collective members first of all he was truly a skipper on the jungle cruise as well as he had a whole bunch of other jobs with disney welcome back skipper rob ahoy hoy <laughs> i love it and we are so thrilled to have back. She is not only practically perfect in every way, but she is also a former uh, Disney interactive story artist and an amazing artist. And we're going to talk about your art in just a minute, but also a new mom. And we just got to see the baby who is just so beautiful. Uh, Heather Poppins, welcome back to the show. It's so good to be back. Thank you so much. Oh, super happy to have you back. And he is sitting in his brand new home that he just bought that we're super excited to see. Joel Skellington, welcome back. I am saying hello. And it is the most magical time of the year as we are approaching Halloween and Haunted Mansion and all things haunted. Sean Solo, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, super excited. What a great collective group we've got here tonight. So uh, last time, and I do I do want to give a shout out to Nick at Night, who is wonderful. We all love Nick. I don't want to say, I sound so jubilant about who is here. We do miss Nick because he was on the last one. So we love you, Nick, and we got to move on. So, all right. Uh, so we did part one in the last episode. We covered uh, about half of Fantasyland. And we've got the other half, what I consider to be the better half of Fantasyland still left. Uh, but we are going to kick it off with uh, one of the great symbols of all things Disneyland, and that is King Arthur Carousel. And uh, interesting, I just finished a book uh, called Three Years in Wonderland that focuses on the early planning building of Disneyland. It really focuses on C.V. Wood, who was the first sort of general manager of Disneyland. But amazing how much of a role the carousel played. I mean, that was always the centerpiece of what uh, Walt wanted. As much as we think of railroads and stuff, it's the carousel. So how about uh, we kick it off with uh, Joel Skellington. Joel, you a big fan of uh, the King Arthur carousel? I am. Absolutely. It's uh, it's a must ride uh, for me. Uh, memories mostly with the kids and things of that nature, but it just seems to kind of bring in the, the joy with all the uh, calliope music of various Disney hits. It just brings a little bit of joy in the heart. Do you also ride the California Adventure, uh, Woody's Round, or no, uh, Pals now? it's It was King Triton's Carousel. Now it's a... Uh, no. It's, no, no I, I'm just, I've only been on Tritons um, and we did once because there was no line. And so my kids were young enough to not realize we're riding the same ride over and over again, but that was <laughs> the, the only chance. That's not a must have as the King Arthur's carousel is. I totally agree. Uh, Heather Poppins, what's your take on King Arthur's carousel? Oh, I love it so much. I love that. Even though it says it's King Arthur's carousel, and I do love um, Sword in the Stone. I love that it's Sleeping Beauty themed. And you have all these images from Sleeping Beauty, which is my favorite, one of my very favorite animations, just because it's so rich and lush with the art. And so I just, uh, I like to look at it. I think it's a very pretty ride. Yeah, absolutely. Skipper Rob? 
Uh, it's not a priority for me, so I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. But my favorite memory of being on the carousel was going on Dapper Day, and everybody's doing a meetup if you're dressed up at the carousel, and it was the coolest thing to see everybody who was all dressed up for Dapper Day on the carousel. That's one of my favorite memories of being on the carousel. Rob, isn't every day Dapper Day for you? Is is there a day that you do not dress up? I'm being serious. If, if everybody follows day. follows Rob, well, I know you're in a t-shirt now, but <laughs> I mean, almost every Instagram post, you are completely dressed up. So it's impressive. Yeah, we're getting, yeah, and we're getting ready for Disneyland right now. So my wife's like, we're planning out our outfit. She's like, okay, I'm going to wear this. What are you going to wear? I'm like, oh, dear. so yeah, you yeah, and your wife really, you, you guys go to the nines. It's impressive. Yep. Sean Solo, King Arthur Carousel. Uh, I, I love it, even if it's just for aesthetics. Uh, I think I mentioned it actually on the last episode, just looking at the castle and seeing that merry-go-round going around through the uh, the castle door. It, it's just, it's part of the magic and part of the uh, whimsy and, and whatnot of fantasy land. So I love it. And I love that uh, that Jangle's horse is dedicated. At least the saddle, I think, is dedicated to julie andrews which is pretty cool i didn't know that uh, yeah yeah i did not know that oh that's <laughs> really cool yeah i uh this is one of my favorite attractions to walk by i uh, i used to love being in line when you know when my kids were little and then once they got older i have not returned i probably have not been on this ride for 15 years and it's been a long, long time, but I love it. I love the idea of it. I love the thought of it. I love the music. I love seeing the little kids and the families, but it is a deceptive kind of like uh, we talked about with Dumbo. It's it's a little bit of a deceptive line. That line you go, well, oh, it doesn't look that bad. Uh, not that many people get on it. It goes around for a long time. It can be a little bit tricky. But I think we all agree it's a pretty amazing attraction. So from there, we go back into what I consider the, the mainstays of Fantasyland, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Um, am I right, guys? Uh, and we'll tap into some who have done the international thing. I believe this is now, now that Mr. Toad's gone out of Disney World, I believe this is the last standing Mr. Toad ride in in uh, the Disneyverse. Is that true? I think so. I don't remember seeing it in Tokyo. Nick's yeah. not here to talk about uh, Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it. I mean, I really think that this is it. I think that this is the last one. Um, interesting, just finishing this book once again, so it's fresh on my mind. Uh, they were trying to figure out how to exhaust this ride. It was getting really hot inside and they wanted to keep it dark. I don't know why it wasn't the same thing with Pinocchio or Snow White. But according to the, the book, uh, they could not vent it. And at one point, one of the Imagineers said, well, what if we just did a scene in hell? <laughs> and, <laughs> and literally, because that one room was just hot all the time, let's make that room hell. So uh, I love the a story behind the hell room. <laughs> that's, that's what they that's what they claim in the book. That, that really oh, is. Gosh. So, Rob, do you love uh, do you love Mr. Toad's Wild Ride as much as I do? Yeah, as. And the best is when you go with somebody who'll just get as crazy with you when you, I like, I love just to go, wah, 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 <laughs> behind every corner. And I mean, it, and it's such a weird ride because you, you leave 
and then you come back and you see everybody in the queue because you leave for like a hot second and you're like, oh, hey, everybody. Oh, we're going back into the ride. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so random and so much fun. Like, and I watched, rewatched that movie recently. It's a short movie, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Sean Solo, do you feel like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is one of the best values? The, the, the ride to line ratio, do you feel like it's one of the better values at Disneyland? Yeah. Yeah. At least when I go, I don't feel the line is ever super crazy. And I just, I think it's fun. I am quoted as saying that I would ride uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride until I threw up. Uh, <laughs> so I loved it as a kid. Um, I think it was the first ride I ever took my son on and it scared the crap out of him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm a fan of the movie. In fact, I know Nick at night wanted me to tell the story about uh, the artwork that I got from uh, from Floyd Norman. Yes, do tell. Uh, I don't think it's that like great of a story, but I know he really wanted it in here. So uh, Floyd Norman, uh, I believe he was the first African-American animator for the Walt Disney company. Uh, and he actually knew Walt Disney, uh, during his time there. And I, I met him a, a few years ago in Salt Lake and talked to him and, and I've learned some stuff from him, but, uh, I, I saw on Facebook, he did a drawing of Mr. Toad and I wanted it. So I asked him, uh, Hey, is there any way I could buy that? And he said to email him, and he gave me his email address. So I uh, shot him an email and he said, unfortunately it was sold, but I can give you a print of my drawing. Disney doesn't allow me to sell it, but I will give you one. So he took down my address and, and sent me a, a note. In fact, I think I have it right here, but uh, this is the drawing right here. I guess people listening can't see it, but we uh, need to share it. We can share that to our Instagram. There you go. It is amazing. It's, uh, it's got the uh, the attraction on the backdrop and an original drawing by Floyd Norman. And it's a car with Mr. Toad on it. And it is yes. wild. It is wild. <laughs> super, so that's my story. Cool. Nothing exciting, but that that's to Nick, dedicated to Nick. I think it's an awesome story, and I think it's amazing that uh, that some of these artists will will give their time. With uh, I mean, that's incredible that he reached out and did that. Uh, mm-hmm. Joel, you were recently in the park with the kids. Did you guys ride Mr. Toads? We did. Um, we were lied to about the line length, uh, and I love Mr. Toads, but it was just uh, I think they said it was about twenty minutes, uh, and it ended up being closer to about forty, um, which is a little longer mm-hmm. than I generally would wait for Mr. Toads. Uh, I love Mr. Toe, but it's not 40 minutes. No, 20 is, is fine. I accept that. But yeah. uh, but uh, so truly we were in hell outside as well as inside. And then because um, <laughs> there isn't really that queue, you know, is not there's a few things to see here and there. But especially be, until you get into the interior, there's not, not much. much. It's, uh, you can only look at that badger statue so long. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, at what age are you going to take your son on Mr. Toad? What is the right age to start a kid on Mr. Toad? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, we were thinking about going to Disneyland when he's like four months old or something. So I would say like four months old. But, Just throw uh, him in. Throw him in the deep allowed. end and let's do it. That's <laughs> what I did. <laughs> well, you know, it's a morality tale, right? So the sooner he learns 
to not drive crazy, the better, right? <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Love it. Then we get over after Mr. Toad to, and Heather, we're going to stay with you on the most maybe controversial, possibly the most overrated, possibly the greatest ride in all of Disneyland. It really depends on who you talk to, Peter Pan's flight. Heather, where do you stand on uh, on Peter Pan's flight? And I want to know, what is the longest you would wait to ride Peter Pan? Oh, my goodness. I love Peter Pan's flight. I'm in that group. And uh, I would say I'd wait... 40 minutes. That would probably be my cutoff, but it's usually more than that, right? Oftentimes. Hour or so. yeah. Oftentimes. What's your favorite scene? I like where we're flying over London. Yeah. Hands down. That is my favorite mm-hmm. scene as well. Love being able to fly over London and look down and see the city and the cars moving and everything. It is just beautiful. Rob, uh, you and your wife hit uh, Peter Pan's flight. Um, I would say it's an overrated priority. Like Mm. I like it when I go on it. Um, If the weight is adequate or reasonable, I will go on it. Um, Which it rarely is. (laughs) Right. I think the best Peter Pan version is in Shanghai. Mm. Um, It's a wonderful, it's one of the most magical rides out there. The queue at Magic Kingdom has leveled it up. Yeah, that queue at Magic Kingdom is as much fun as the ride anymore. It's amazing. But if it's like the first ride you hit when you go to Fantasyland, it's worth it. Or, hey, Peter Pan's now 30 minutes. Cool. Like, I enjoy it. I think it's a great ride. I think it's one of the anchors. It's like an anchor of Fantasyland. But everybody, it's like the ride to go to. It's always the longest wait at Magic Kingdom. Oh, Oh, sorry. Joel, go ahead. I hate to agree with Rob, but (laughs) that that is my (laughs) opinion as well. I hate um, to, we all hate to agree with Rob, but no, no. Um, of course. And, and that was the main reason when uh, we were doing the second half, I said, I need to get on is I really have been doing some soul searching um, since my last time there at Disneyland this summer, where again, I had uh, bad experiences with fantasy land with its, uh, with the queue system that said time and it was always double. So it was saying again, like 25 minutes, it was closer to an hour. Uh, and I started really thinking, you know what? I do not even enjoy the Peter Pan ride all that much. Now, it's got some amazing things. Like going over London is fine, but I was just thinking, even if ride lines were equal, I might prefer Pinocchio to Peter Pan. Like, it's oh. just, it's just, I started feeling like I should like it because everybody liked it so much. And then I started realizing you just get on a boat and you fly around to these scenes and it's really, it's not all that great. And anyway, for me, I just, it's a realization I came to as a grumpy old man. <laughs> I love that this uh, that this version, this edition of the the Castle Collective, has suddenly turned into a twelve step meeting, where we're we're acknowledging my my name's Joel and I don't love Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah, I have to admit it. <laughs> I think that's great, Joel. I think that's really great. Well, it's you know, and that's what Disneyland is. Different rides speak to us. Peter Pan is not, you know, it's certainly not my number one. Sean Solo, what is it that people love about it? People who do love Peter Pan and are willing to wait an hour and a quarter, uh, sometimes an hour and a half. What is it about this attraction? I think, and side note, it's 25 minutes right now. Anyway, uh, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> uh, as far <laughs> <yeah>. double it. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as like what I think pulls people to it, at least for me, like 
the reason I enjoy it, it's very magical, especially at the beginning where you're flying out the window, flying over London, and then especially that room mm. with uh, Neverland and you're amongst all the stars. Something about that room, I think, is just pure magic. And especially with the upgrades they made for the 60th anniversary. Yeah. Uh, I just, I find it fantastic. Yeah. It's, it, look, it's an awesome attraction. I love it. I'm sort of in the middle. I love it. I'm probably a 30 minute wait guy um, for the attraction, probably around there. One of my favorite nights, uh, if I could just drop this, I was having dinner at Club 33 and uh, with a, a buddy of mine. And we thought that the park closed at nine that night. It actually closed at eight. The park was packed. Why it was, it must have been a special event or something because it was so, so packed all day. And uh, we got done with dinner. And we left and then realized, oh, the park is actually already closed. So we asked, if, so we started to walk around the back. They said, no, you got to go out through the front. And my buddy said, oh, sorry about that. And got out of his card and said, we were just having dinner at Club 33 since I'm a member. And we were hoping to walk around the back. And, oh, yeah, sure. Of course. Right this way, sir. And then it was, you know, five or six minutes or maybe, no, it was much longer. It's probably like 830 and we walked up to Peter Pan and uh, there were like, there was like one person left in line. That was it. And uh, he says, is there any way we can get on? And they said, no. And he said, because we we're having dinner at club 33 and held up the card again. <laughs> and they said, sure. C- come in through the back way here. <laughs> so I always think about that, uh, that wonderful night. I'll tell you, membership has its privileges. And just to be clear, I am not a Club 33 member. And unfortunately, neither is my friend anymore. But those were awesome, awesome times. So we will move on to uh, some other attractions. Now, we spent a fair amount of time, a surprising amount of time, talking about the Casey Jr. Railroad uh, last time. We had quite a few thoughts on it. I'm wondering if Storybook Land Canal Boats is going to have as much interest rob you're a big fan of the storybook land canal boats we've talked about this before tell us why you love the canal boats well i I, it's fairly unique because you don't see it in any other fantasy land Mm. um i don't know i just i think it's one of those rides when i would go back as an adult i'm like oh i forgot about this ride this is so like (laughs) quaint and fun like it's just like i don't know i just love all the little dioramas remember when we have to do those in elementary school and they would never turn out like your vision and then you go to disneyland you're like i want it to look like that so but i love the creativity in it i like that how they update it right yeah but as a child my favorite thing was the tiny little boat outside toad hall i don't Mm. know why but that was my favorite because i think i could just picture a tiny little toad (laughs) in that boat and and for those kids who grew up with action figures like G.I. Joe's, like they always had those commercials where they had the whole setup. And you're like, I want to recreate that in my backyard. You never could. But as a child, you go to Storybook Land, and there it is. That's awesome. You just wish you could play in it. Yeah. Oh, I love it, Rob. That's a great way to look at it. It's a whole bunch of uh, just action figures down in there. Yeah. Uh, Heather Poppins, you a big fan, I imagine, of the storybook land. This seems like right up your alley, like the creativity <laughs> and the storytelling and the whimsy of it. 
I do love it. I love how colorful it is. I love that you go through the whale's mouth. It's a, it's the jungle cruise for fantasy land. I think it's a lot. Whoa. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. The jungle cruise of fantasy land. I love it. Joel, uh, your kids are getting older. You guys still hitting the storybook land canal boats. Not as often. Um, I mean, I usually put it the same with the Casey junior train. They're kind of, uh, if short lines or, or things of that nature, although if they were equal, I'd do the, the train, but the boats, yeah, they, again, they have a quaintness. They are fun to see kind of how everything moves along. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Solo, uh, do you, have you ever ridden the storybook land canal boats at night? I don't think I've done it at night. No. Yeah. Evening is evening is really cool. If you can go through it during the evening, they have it. The lights are on. Has anyone else ridden it, ridden it at night and seen the lights on? Rob, you have? Yeah. Yeah, I have. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. I think it's a neater experience. It's one of those that's better at night because you get to see the lights on and everything. They don't do it at night, night. It's it's evening. I think sometimes it shuts down early. But uh, But the other nice thing is you're not standing in line. I don't know what it is. If the rest of Disneyland is 85 degrees, the line for the storybook land canal boats is like 97. It's like always 15 degrees hotter in that line. And there is nothing to protect you from it. So it's, yeah, it's a fun attraction, but uh, I love all the miniatures on it. It's whimsical. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We're going to move 15 minute wait right now. 15. Yeah. But that's, that means there's one boat in front of you. It is one of the slowest loading Oh, it's yeah. one of the, these slowest loading. And by the way, um, not that I'm speaking from experience, but if you're a large man, sit in the middle, mm-hmm. do not sit on one of the edges. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden it, beca- it goes from being the jungle cruise of fantasy land to being the splash mountain of fantasy land. It gets real exciting, really, really fast. So you need to be careful about that. And when we move on to the next attraction, It is a wonderful time to bring in the artistic talents of our very own Heather Poppins, because we're going to talk about the Mad Tea Party, and we have a giveaway that we are so excited about. Heather, why don't you tell us what we're giving away? Yes. So we have an original five by seven watercolor of uh, the Mad Hatter and the March Hare and the Dormouse inside one of the teacups and they are raising their glasses to toast and yeah it's a giveaway how do they win this original print so we are going (laughs) 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 we're going to put it up on uh, our instagram as well as on our facebook and uh for let's make it something fun i'm open this is by the way this hasn't been totally decided um, we have we have a whole text group that I just love with all of the collective members chiming in on it. And I have to say, before we get to how they can win, every collective member was doing everything they could to figure out how we could get it. Every one of us wants it so bad. So it's just awesome. But here's what I thought would be fun. I was going to suggest that in order to win, either on Instagram or Facebook, that you have to comment what is the worst thing you can eat right before going on the mad tea party? I thought that would make it really fun. It's not a contest that gets you entry. It's not, we're not going to judge it based on what's the right answer. We'll do a random drawing, but in order to qualify, you have to, you have to chime in with 
what is the worst thing to eat right before going on the mad tea party? Anyone else have any better ideas than that? Well, maybe somebody could give us a story if they toss their cookies. Maybe like <laughs> yeah. the funniest story. <laughs> All right. So how about party. this? How about we do, it gets you one entry. If you, if you uh, put what you think the worst thing to eat, you get a second entry. If you have a personal story, <laughs> And it doesn't have to be a story about getting sick. It could be a positive thing. It could be a wonderful yeah. thing. So, all right. So, Heather, obviously you're a fan as you chose to do this, this artwork. What do you love about Mad Tea Party? Oh, I love, love, love all the colors, especially at night when the lanterns are glowing. Oh, yes. It's just beautiful. And the spinning is fun, too. I mean, I wish it, I wish they would spin faster because... I think yeah. uh, I, I feel like they spin a little slow and uh, yeah, yeah, but I just love how colorful it is. Yeah. Now that I'm almost 50, my back really wishes they were easier to spin for sure. <laughs> they take, they take a, they take a little bit of work to get going. Uh, Skipper Rob is our resident uh, international DJ sensation. Uh, what do you think of the music at the, uh, in the mad tea party? So it's a good anchor for the music when you are walking up that pathway between uh, Alice and Matterhorn. Like once you hear that, you're like, ooh, you're getting there. But I, I would prefer that ride at night. If you're going to go on that ride, you got to go at night. It's so much better at night. Absolutely. And uh, Joel Skellington, what's your take on the Mad Tea Party? Um, the music for me is is what makes it, especially, again, at the little bit older age because – I would toss my cookies if I was only drinking water all day uh, on that thing. Um, but, but that music, as I mentioned in our in our music episode, that is the song that keeps popping into my head when I uh, think about Disneyland, especially if I have a trip upcoming. Just that, boop, 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 boop. it just it's there constantly. <laughs> so, for good or bad, uh, I just that music is fantastic. It is wonderful, and uh, I'm. I love the phrase tossing your cookies because I'm picturing you saying, hey, I've been drinking water all day. Where'd those cookies come from? <laughs> so, you know, there is that. Uh, Sean, when you go on it, uh, are you a spin or no spin guy? I am completely a no spin guy. Spinning makes me very <laughs> sick. Uh, so I only go on it maybe once a trip uh, just because I don't like it. But I, I'm with everybody. The music is just fantastic. And I could listen to that all day long. And I, I agree with everything that's been said. I'm, I can, I can be a spin guy once I can do the hard spin once. If I'm going to spin though, I get after it. I spin like <laughs> if I'm going to spin, I spin, but I also agree on the lanterns, just seeing the lanterns at night, but the music hands down the best part. And now I don't know, Rob, if you have really triumphant music, like a dun, 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 dun. dun. So we need like a fanfare. Yeah, we need a fanfare for what I'm about to say. Because now, now we arrive at the single greatest attraction in all of the Disney parks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is Alice in Wonderland. Wow, thank you, Rob. That really worked well. Uh, so as we've discussed multiple times, uh, for me, Alice in Wonderland is the single greatest attraction in all of the Disney parks. I love it so much. 
Uh, I will wait 45 minutes if that's what it means, if that's what it takes to go on it. To me, there is no more immersive. Um, and when, when you talk about actually living inside an animated picture, or as pedestrians call it, cartoons, um, you actually find, <laughs> sorry, that's in our text group. Uh, I had given Nick a hard time about calling it a cartoon. It is a cartoon. Uh, I find that you're living in a cartoon in Alice in Wonderland, and there's so much to see, and they use darkness so well, and all the black light, and all of everything that builds up about it. Uh, Sean Solo, I have actually ridden Alice in Wonderland with you uh, probably a couple of times. Um, I know you don't love it as much as I do, but uh, like, how long would you wait for Alice in Wonderland? That line is, for me, very boring. <laughs> so if I can get in 30 minutes or less, I'm a happy camper. Yeah, that's still pretty good. It is a boring line. There's pretty much nothing nothing to it. But uh, Joel Skellington, do you have a favorite part of Alice in Wonderland? Um, I enjoy just whatever reason, even though the darkness, as you said, is, is used well. It's just the actual coming out there on that second story and just uh, checking the Matterhorn line, checking everything else out as you kind of go around back into the park before you delve back in. I love that too. I love it when, when you get outside. Um, Heather Poppins, what about all the colors inside Alice in Wonderland? Huh, you knew I was going to mention that. I yeah, knew it. I, I knew that's where we were going. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, even um, the decorations around the ride is colorful and uh, the mad tea party that you go through and yeah, just everything about it. I love, I love, it really feels like it's a, you're inside the movie. It's a tribute to the movie and mm. yeah, it's fun. Don't you love that opening just where you're following the rabbit down and that the, the whole car is just kind of swaying back and forth as you go down. Yes. It is, it is pure, pure magic. Rob, I know you're generally an Alice in Wonderland fan. Do you love this attraction? I know there are several attractions this is the only Alice in Wonderland ride, but there are several yeah. attractions of Alice in Wonderland at other parks. What I think is great about this ride, it constantly evolves. I've watched the history of this. Mm. You know, it used to be terrible, but now it's just like a wonderful ride. They've had projection mapping, the music. I think it could just get better. Um, I do like going outside, but wouldn't it be cool if that was enclosed? But uh, I, I, there, it's so unique that there's no other ride that really does that as, as a dark ride where you go yeah. back outside. It's really cool. I'll tell you one sort of inside joke I've mentioned before. My wife is not a big Disneyland fan at all, and that's okay. We make it all work. But uh, one of the things that she does love is when our kids will argue or whatever, my wife will say, rule 39, the queen always wins. And so uh, a couple, two years ago, I got my wife a pair of AirPods for Christmas and you can do the engravery, uh, engraving, whatever on the side. Uh, hers just says rule 39 <laughs> and actually she won't let me, but I would really like to get her a license plate that just says rule 39. The queen <laughs> always wins. So Alice in Wonderland, hands down my favorite attraction. It's also, people are always surprised by that. Like people are shocked. Like how could that possibly be with everything there is that's Disneyland. Disneyland is whatever. There is somebody out there who's 
lives and dies off of great moments with Mr. Lincoln. It's the only reason they go there. <laughs> and that's awesome too. So uh, from this, there, we, uh, Rob, go ahead. The ride? When's the best time to ride it for you? Do you like it at night or it early matter? evening? I like dusk. Okay. The lights are just coming on. It's not dark yet. Um, Sean and I had like the most amazing experience when we were there for the the Halloween party. Uh, we we rode at dusk, and while we were getting on the ride, the the parade had started, and so we walked out. Nick goes right there in between the Matterhorn and Alice in Wonderland, and we walked over, and there was nobody there. And so we walked over and we just stood there and because, and then some other kids gathered around and stuff, but because Sean and I were standing there, I swear it felt like every character was coming up and high-fiving us and we were taking (laughs) selfies with them. And we felt like we had our own little parade. Was that just magic or what, Sean? That was fantastic. Yeah. Just to see the Halloween parade going by while you're riding it and then just being able to be front seat to the, to the parade was, it was really cool. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, Next up comes the attraction that nobody ever thinks of as Fantasyland. When you're thinking of your Fantasyland attractions, wait a minute, Sean Solo, maybe you disagree. Let's stay with you. Let's talk about the Matterhorn (laughs) bobsleds. Do you automatically think of it as Fantasyland? Yeah, I've always thought of it as Fantasyland. I don't understand why you guys don't. (laughs) I, I don't. Am I wrong on this quick poll? Joel Skellington, does it seem like part of Fantasyland to you? Yeah, it's an ultimate adult fantasy to you actually be up a mountain uh, yeah. climbing. So, Heather, you? You? <laughs> uh, I guess I haven't given it too much thought, but it's right next to Fantasyland. So it's like, well, it's not Tomorrowland. Skipper Rob? Um, as a child, I didn't think it was part of Fantasyland. It's its own thing. It's just, I know it is technically, but park. guys, I guess my point on it is when I say, Oh, wow. We're going to go walk around Fantasyland. Who goes, yes, the Matterhorn. Nope. No, you, no, you think of, you think of King Arthur and Mr. Toad and all those rides and the Yeti. All right. All right. I'm with you, Sean. I know you love the Matterhorn. Like I do Matterhorn might be my second favorite attraction in all the parks. I absolutely love the Matterhorn. Uh, what's your take on it, Sean? Well, uh, it is a very historic attraction, in my opinion, just with with Bob Gurr, and it's the first tubular tracked roller coaster uh, yeah. created. Uh, but with with all the different updates that they've done, I loved it before, but like even even more so now. Absolutely, this this is one they have plussed in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel Skellington, knowing that you and I are almost exactly the same age, I think we're very very close. Uh, how how much does your back love uh, Matterhorn? It's a good once a decade uh, ride. <laughs> I I want to like it, but again, the the pain and such. My my last trip. My sons really wanted to be because of our podcast wanted to be mountaineers. And so, mm. so I rode the Matterhorn and, and, and such with them, but I was like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm okay. Not getting on this for a good while. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see, let's go to Heather Poppins. What's your take on the Matterhorn? You know, I like it in theory, but uh, I'm okay if I don't ride it. Really? I love the yodeling, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge I've got to go on the Matterhorn, you know, person, but, uh, I, I like that. It's iconic. I like the idea of it in terms of like the Yeti's great. 
and the wooden cue. I love, I love the yodeling music. And uh, I love that there's a Mary Poppins and Bert meet and greet on the West side, which is kind of fun. So I, it has a special place in my heart for that. Very cool. Love it. Uh, Skipper Rob, is it a never miss? Oh, you got to go on it. I was going to say to both of y'all, what's a Matterhorn with you? (laughs) Okay. But uh, Uh, seriously. Love it. Uh, I think I watched something recently. It was some fans going through the park and they were talking about how the right side is the better, smoother side. So if you're going on the queue, try and veer for the right side, not the left side. Mm. So I hear that's the better one. Also, uh, my best experience of the Matterhorn is at night. Matterhorn is so much scarier at night. You don't see what's Agreed. coming up. It's amazing at night. Yeah, I also am going to put out there. So Matterhorn is my favorite of the roller coasters. I love the Matterhorn. In fact, I remember that was controversial. I was the only one, I think, when we did our uh, when we did our roller coaster or, or our or Mountaineers mountain episode. Matterhorn is my favorite. Um and it's especially my favorite at night and especially my favorite when you sit in the front car. The front car makes the biggest difference when you can lean forward and you see over it and all you can see is track. It is an incredible experience and I totally love it. So, all right. Well, some mixed review and Matterhorn is a de- divisive. I know people who won't go on it no matter what. I did share when I was a teenager uh, our favorite thing to do was we'd bring the seatbelt over and have our hand resting uh, without the seatbelt being clicked in. And they would just walk by. It was purely a vis- visual check. That's all it was, was they would walk by and it looked like we had it on. And as soon as uh, that car started going, we'd take the seatbelt off and we would be in there without seatbelts and every little every little hill, whatever. And now of course they, they can see and they can tell and you're locked in. You don't have a choice, but what do I know? Then again, back in the seventies and eighties, when we were doing this stuff, we used to ride around on the freeway in the back of trucks. So who knows? That's all right. Simpler times. Uh, Okay. From there, we're going to go to one of the most underrated yet most important parts of fantasy land. And that is as you leave the Alice in Wonderland ride, if you're heading back into the park, there is a wonderful, wonderful spot called the King and Queen restrooms. <laughs> they yes. are hands down, I think, the best restrooms in all of Disneyland Park. Does anyone disagree with that? Is that I how you really feel when you see them? I, <laughs> I do not rank my bathroom. So, Sean, this is news to me. I'm excited that to try these bathrooms. Well, well, I, th- I know Sean Solo will tell you avoid the one that when you're walking into uh, when you're walking into uh, Adventureland. There's a restroom right there that is just never good. But this okay. one is the king. I'm, and literally, if you look at it, it doesn't. On the Disneyland map, I'm on the interactive map, it says King and Queen restrooms. And there's the the sculpture of the Cheshire Cat. Not a lot of people walk down that little pathway. And the restrooms are usually fairly open, but they are themed and decorated to the Alice in Wonderland and Castle and all kinds of cool stuff from that era. So 
highly recommend. I, we don't have to dwell on that. I'm not going to ask you all your opinion. If anyone wants to add anything, if anyone agrees or disagrees, you're welcome to say. But well, otherwise, I love we can the move squire on. that's there, you know, to shine your shoe or to, uh, you know, do anything you need inside the king and queen bathrooms. Squires are amazing. That's awesome. Sean just shared with us a photo. Best photo I've had on Matterhorn. Who is that behind you? I have no idea, but <laughs> he was awesome. He is awesome. This so he is amazing. He's, he's there by himself. He's a yeah. middle-aged guy wearing mouse ears with tons of pins on it and a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. Super big he smile. Yeah. Little, yeah. little uh, baby Groot on top of his hat too. Oh, he does <laughs> have a baby Groot. Yeah, he looks Hawaiian and he's doing the Hawaiian shaka. Dude, I want to go to Disneyland with this guy. This guy yeah, just that's looks what like I was he would thinking. be amazing. <laughs> as one, as a guy who goes alone a lot, I he, was, I he, was, he had him. a very infectious personality and love of Disney, and I had to had to snap a picture with him. He just looks awesome. All right, let's go shopping, guys. One of the best shops in all of Disneyland is the Mad Hatter. Has anybody gotten an embroidered hat from the Mad Hatter? Sean Solo, I see you yep. nodding. Tell us about your yeah. hat. My hat or my hats? Your hats. Uh, uh, I love it. Got this Haunted Mansion Mickey ears. Nice. Uh, with my name embroidered on the back with the ghost hosts. Beautiful. Then I've got this other Haunted Mansion ear with the uh, name embroidered on the back. So uh, those are two of many, many ears that I have. Uh, but anywho, yeah, I love it. I always get Mickey ears when I go, and that is the shop that I go to. Mad Hatter is a, a magical shop, too, because I don't know, Sean, if you want to keep going about the awesome optical illusion <laughs> that is in the Mad Hatter. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Have you not seen where the Cheshire cat appears? No. What? Does anyone no. else know what I'm talking about? Okay, I will continue then. <laughs> if you look in the mirror, in uh, inside the Mad Hatter, if you look in the mirror, the Cheshire Cat will appear. His head will appear in the mirror. Huh. Yeah, next time you're Is in that there, new. Go, uh, I think it was new as of about 1987, something like that. Uh, yeah, pretty recent. Oh, no, it's been around a long time. Now I'm starting to question if I am mad as a Hatter. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody check that out because, uh, yeah, I'm. Gosh, I guess it hasn't been there for a while, but uh, yeah, he appears in the in the mirror while you're while you're shopping. So, oh, there it is, Rob. You pulled it up. Yeah, there's an image of it. So, yeah, it's it is pretty darn cool. Uh, so, when I was a teenager, I don't know why they used to do sailor hats was a big deal at Disneyland, and I was part of a group called the Bus Club that we used to go to uh, Disneyland together. So I have like five or six hats from Mad Hatter that say Bus Club across, but they're all the, uh, you know, I'm talking about the sailor hats. They have got the makes you look like you work at in and out burger or something like that. Yeah. I got all of those. So anybody else have strong opinions on hats or should we move on? Move down, move down. All right. So <laughs> let's jump over to Edelweiss snacks because this is pretty contentious too. This is where you get your turkey legs is at Edelweiss snacks. It's one of the places you can get turkey legs. I know Sean Solo, not a, not necessarily you're not a fan of the turkey leg. You just think it tastes like ham. 
I think it tastes like ham, but it, it's big. You can split it with people. Uh, it's still tasty, but to me, it doesn't taste like turkey. But I, uh, there's I other things it. I'd rather get. <laughs> I, I, about every third or fourth trip, I like to get a big turkey leg. Joel Skellington? Every single trip, multiple times if possible. Um, and the Edelweiss specifically, as I've brought up before, there was a little bit of sadness because they also used to have the pork shank there. The pork shank, uh, that's right. The pork, which is pretty much just like a giant piece of bacon on a bone. <laughs> and it was amazing. They don't have it there anymore, at least last I saw. So uh, but that was the one place to get it was at the Edelweiss. Heather, are you a are you a turkey leg fan? Oh, I love the turkey legs. Makes me feel like a caveman when I eat it. That's what I was going to ask. Are you grabbing it and just ripping right off of it? <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> now, my husband and I share one and we agree that it does taste like ham, but maybe that's why it's so delicious. Yeah. Do you love it because it's so low sodium? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like after about four bites, I need to drink an entire gallon of water just to flush the system. Yeah, it's delicious. Rob, how do you and your wife not, how do you guys get a turkey leg and not spill on your dapper outfits? We don't get them. Uh, She would not touch that forever. She does not like meat on the bone. So we'll never get it. Um, last time I had a turkey leg was back in uh, Orlando, back in like 2006. Um, but I do have some problems. You call it Edelweiss. I believe it's Edelweiss. And the only time I would eat something like that is maybe if it was small and white, clean and bright. <laughs> You're right. It is Edelweiss. I don't know why I was calling it Edelweiss. But, uh, you know, Edelweiss. It works. <laughs> and you're all welcome. That was not a setup just for that joke. That was just me trying to get out of my own mistake. Oh, wonderful, guys. Love it. Um, there's also what I love is there's some cool little snacky food around there. There's the churros cart is right there. We're going to do a whole episode on churros. Uh, by the way, we get more interesting stuff on our text thread with each other than we do sometimes in the episode. And the other day we got on, I think it was Nick at night who brought up doing savory churros and what that would look like. But uh, there's a lemonade stand, there's ice cream there. There's La Petite Chalet Gifts, which is a wonderful gift store. Uh, And then we work our way back up. One of my favorite treats, there's pretzels right in that little area. It's just all those carts that you can just get lots of levels of yummy Uh, then this takes us around and we're going to work our way around the corner over to the fantasy land theater. Uh, does anybody have strong opinions on the fantasy land theater or even know what it's showing right? It says it's temporarily closed. Last thing I saw there was Mickey and the magic map. Has there been anything since there? I don't think so. No. Has anyone seen a show there that's really memorable to them? I remember, uh, there was a. Back in the 90s, I think they had the Hunchback show there, mm, which I yeah. don't care to see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't go to the parks to see shows. Like As a, as a kid, I was like, boring. <laughs> as an adult, I'm like, okay, I can sit through this. But yeah, it's a cool theater. It's a nice outdoor theater. It's a good place to take a nap if you need to. Yeah. Yeah, the Fantasyland Theater is, it's 
they got shows a few times a day. Uh, I will now wax historic as when I was a uh, young man of 10 or 12 years old, I was fascinated by the lights that, uh, that was Videopolis. This is where Videopolis was and Videopolis was MTV come to life through the eyes of Disney. And there actually, there are some really good kind of homemade documentaries about Videopolis on YouTube. And I highly recommend checking it out. I still want Videopolis brought back. And in fact, on 80s night, which I did not go to, uh, 80s night, they did bring back Videopolis. But, uh, you know, somehow when the gangs started showing up and there were stabbings, they said enough of this Videopolis <laughs> and we're, we're going to be done with this. And so unfortunately it is no more. Um, okay. We can move on from the fantasy land theater. You know, there is a Disneyland railroad stop, which is technically Toontown, even though it's on the other side. So maybe we'll leave that one alone. And, uh, this takes us to an incredible little shop called it's a small world uh toy shop that has got the coolest toys if i'm gonna if i'm gonna buy a toy have you guys have any of you done any shopping in the it's a small world toy shop you know what i'm talking about no existed yeah it's a little <laughs> kind of i love looks, that one looks like a circus tent right heather it's like it's got the cooler stuff right yeah it does it does um there's stuff there that you can't find in other places in the park yeah and spendier stuff it seems like it's a a more upscale like they have some of the mini monorail kits and and Mm -hmm. uh just really cool stuff and a lot of a lot of princess stuff Mm -hmm. well we have had a wonderful wonderful journey through the rest of fantasy land and we are going to finish off with something that is so beloved by so many absolutely hated by others i know people who would rather have their eyes poked out with hot pokers than go on this attraction (laughs) but i love it and i know that a few people in our collective love it and heather poppins i know you love it's a small world (laughs) talk us through that okay yes i do love it so much and i hated it when i was younger and now that i love it i think that means that i'm an old person (laughs) (laughs) i love it Uh, it has uh, the sherman brothers music and boy they are good at writing earworms and uh, so you go through it and they repeat that song over and over and over and then you're singing it for the rest of the day so great music really really fun uh ride i have a theory about it i don't know if i should share it Share away. What is your theory? Okay. Okay. So it's an apocalyptic ride is my theory. And it's about the nuclear um, end of the world and nuclear war at the end of the world. And so, you know, they're singing. uh, It's a world of laughter, tears, hopes, fears is time where aware. So like they're aware that, that this bomb is coming and this is how they're reacting. And then, says there's one golden sun the mountains divide that's when the bomb hits and then like you go into that big room at the very end and everybody is all together and they're all dressed in white and that's them dead (laughs) 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 so there you go (laughs) that's intense wow heather (laughs) the roller coaster ride right there Well, folks, thanks for joining us on the Castle Collective tonight. Is this your theory? Did you? This is my theory. Yes. Did you Uh you come up with this yourself, Heather? Yes. Mm. That is phenomenal. I mean, it's obvious now. 
it's obvious that that's what it's about. Wow. Because <laughs> this was built in the 60s for the World's Fair in New right? York City. And mm-hmm. uh, that was at the height of like the, the Cold War. In 60s, people like worried about nuclear winter and war. I like mm-hmm. that theory. My gosh, Heather, I kind of <laughs> dig it. Boy, it, it puts a really interesting spin on this whole thing. So much more depth to the ride now. <laughs> well, it makes it more interesting than the one at the Magic Kingdom in Florida because it has all the Disney characters in it. So they're all doomed as well. <laughs> all right, Sean, Sean Solo, I know that you absolutely love this ride. Uh, you've got a little bit of a family connection to it. Let's hear about that. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's pretty sentimental to me. I never got to go to the parks with my grandpa, uh, my grandpa Ed, and uh, I was always told about how he did not want to go to Disneyland. Disneyland was something he was just not interested in. Then he went to Disneyland, and this was his favorite attraction. And if you know my grandpa, he was very very gruff guy. Um, he ripped a locker door off at the airport because it ate his quarter. Oh he God. has stop signs that nobody knows where they came from. I assume he got a ticket or something, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, for, for him to go through this attraction and it's his favorite, uh, is kind of cool for me. And I just, I looked up to my grandpa quite a bit. And, uh, so it's, it's got that connection for me. Plus I just, I love the, what I think is the actual message of the ride, <laughs> which is just, you know, we are all in one world and, and uh, we're all people and, and we should uh, treat each other, treat each other with respect and, and with love. So uh, if, if you won't get the chance, get on Disney plus and watch the behind the attraction on this. Yeah. And I watched that one yet. It, it's awesome. Um, Cause it, it was this close to not being, built uh yeah so go watch that it's it's i'm working my way through the imagineering story right now which is it's awesome amazing (laughs) yeah it's so awesome but i need to finish that first but awesome uh joel skellington you love it's a small world um similar to heather i remember as a kid like no way i'm not doing that but uh but i enjoy it now um i've taken many a great nap on that ride (laughs) Um, and you never realize how long that nap is or not. Cause it's still the same music throughout. <laughs> you just sometimes think, did I miss Finland? I swear. I, I don't recall if I saw Finland. Um, but, uh, so it's still, it's, so it becomes a little bit of a groundhog day effect as you're just kind of going through the same thing, but, but it does bring a peace and a joy that allows me to go. I'm just so happy and at peace. I'm just going to sleep. So yeah, it is. And it's a great place. Not that I have personal experience, but from what I understand, if you need to nurse a child, this is a great ride in which to do that yeah. in the nice, cool uh, way. Nice. I like it. Yeah. And there's no ride picture of it at the end. So yes. that's good, too. That's making it a little inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Skipper Rob, are you uh, are you on board on It's a Small World? Um. You know, it's it is what it is, as they say. Um, <laughs> now I'll go with uh, more, with more. L- this whole storyline gives it a whole new meaning. <laughs> like, Agreed. You know, every one of us is going to think about lives. it, Heather. <laughs> right. But one of the my best memories was uh, it's such a great 
outdoor queue, watching the the clockwork and the, the 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 animation that happens outside. But one of my favorite memories was waiting in line and watching these ducks that were in the water avoiding all the boats. Like the boats would come right towards the ducks and then they would just like float away and then they float back into the way of the boat and then they float away. It was just amazing to watch these ducks who didn't care about these boats that were about to hit them and they moved right away at the right time. So if you ever see ducks in the water, it's <laughs> kind of more entertaining than the ride. But yes, it, it's, a, it's a good ride. It's, it's great. I, I love it. I love Mary Blair. I am... I think Mary Blair was one of the most visionary just artists who has ever lived. I love it. And it's funny, Heather, I've always had the theory that is somewhat grim, not nearly as grim as yours, but grim. Uh, but that my theory has always been that that last room is, is death is heaven is, is the afterlife, you know, that you're going through life. You take this tour of the world and it's life you know, and, and you go through all that. And then at the end, everybody's together. To me, that was a positive message of it being heaven. I'm now <laughs> picturing, you know, that, you know, the sun that they have that rotates counterclockwise. So you see that sun. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if that sun is like the, 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 the burst, the, the burst. It. On it. <laughs> I am. All right, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there in three weeks, guys. I am going to do an in-depth. I'm doing a deep dive on Heather's theory <laughs> as we, as we go through the attraction. I love it. I love anything the Sherman brothers do. Um, Great big, beautiful tomorrow is my favorite, but this is probably second after that. I love the Sherman brothers. We've talked about before earworms. They have sticky, sticky songs that just get into your head and, uh, shout out to my friend, Blake Duffin, who would do anything, anything not to go on this attraction. He always tells me that it's his worst nightmare, but, uh, again, it's a, it's one of those things that that music will do it to you. It's got super fans and then it's got other people who are like, please, please, please do not make me go on it. I think it's a beautiful, wonderful attraction and I love it. And that is the rest of Fantasyland. Did we miss anything important? Does anybody want to tackle anything else? Any any closing thoughts on Fantasyland? Um, Small what? World at Christmas time. Oh, have you guys yes. been? So the they mix a song with Christmas carols, and mm-hmm. if people have a hard time with the with the original song singing over and over, go at Christmas time because it might not be as annoying. It's a little uh, mixed up with other songs. So I have shared my pet peeve with Small World Holiday uh, on this show before, and that is that I love Small World Holiday up through about January 3rd. The problem with Small World Holiday is that because a lot of people come over from Asia and specifically come over from Hong Kong and China and whatnot, they leave Small World Holiday up through Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year sometimes falls January, like at the beginning of January, which is great. Other times early February. And so all of a sudden you've completely moved on. Like, oh my gosh, Christmas was forever ago. And suddenly we're hearing Christmas carols. I wish they had a cutoff. I wish they would say, you know, kind of like you get to that point where you go, we should take down the tree. We should take down our lights. Yeah. If it's February, you should take down holiday. So, but I do love holiday. I think it's, 
I think it adds an extra layer of it. So not only are we going in three weeks, but uh, we're going the first weekend in December as well so that we can see the the Christmas stuff. I'm taking one of my daughters as her Christmas present. Uh, we're going, so it should be a lot of fun. Any other thoughts on Fantasyland or should we wrap it up from there? I'll be there on Sunday, so I'm excited to go. So, so excited for you, Rob. You'll have to do several check-ins. That's another thing with our Castle Collective text yeah. group is that whenever someone goes, we all kind of get to go with them because <laughs> everybody's showing the photos of everything. So we'll be excited to go there with you, Rob. Well, I want to remind everybody, please, if you are listening to this and you are not following us on social media, what are you doing? Go follow us on social media. It's uh, where we share updates. We share things about uh, the collective and, and what's going on in our lives and contests. Do not forget about our contest right now. And we will have that on social media. Remember, you get one entry. If you tell us what is the worst thing to eat right before going on the teacups, you get a second entry. If you have any personal story you want to share with us about the teacup. So we would love to hear it from you. Well, this has just been awesome. Like always, I am dying to get back to the parks now and especially to get back to fantasy land. And I'm going to see it through all of your eyes just a little bit more. So tonight, uh, first of all, Skipper Rob, uh, where can people follow you if they want to follow your exploits? You can follow me on Instagram at Rob Foray. I don't know why that came out that way. But uh, <laughs> yes, and you can also join Sean and I. I. This may get out afterwards, but we're doing Disney trivia at Oh, Fairland that's City. right. So Sean Solo, yeah, we'll, we'll get that pitch. Uh, so Sean Solo and Rob are doing, uh, along with Brian, are doing Fanex. Mm -hmm. And what are the what are the dates and times on that if you're in Salt Lake City? Uh, so the entire convention starts uh, Thursday. <laughs> uh, what month are we in? September 16th. Yeah. So it's through Saturday. Starts tomorrow. Yep. Yep. As, as we're, we're recording, recording this. Uh, but uh, Joel is actually joining us on the trivia uh, on Saturday, which will be from 12 to 1 p.m uh at the fanex convention and fanex yeah. essentially salt lake's version of a con comic-con whatever it's a big big deal so congratulations on getting that sean that's awesome thank so, you thank so you. skipper rob and uh joel skellington and sean solo will all be there rocking it i am unfortunately in oregon for the next week and a half so i have no way to get there but uh it's not unfortunate no, it's <laughs> trust me, it's not unfortunate. It's a beautiful place, but uh, but it's worth it's worth following Rob. He posts a lot of great content on social media. Uh, let's see, Heather Poppins, how about you? How about me? Sorry, if people want to follow. Like... Yeah, if people want to follow you on social media. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I you can find me on Instagram. I am story underscore monster on Instagram, and you can also find me on my blog, which is story monster dot com. Awesome. And such good content. It's uh, just awesome stuff from an artist. Joel, anything you want to promote? No, uh, just uh, if we know anyone who's a good uh, basement refinisher. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm all good right now. I Joel don't share with anything. A new house. So yeah. he's got, he's got, he's got his hands full. 
And Sean Solo, other than Fanex, remind us again about the Word on the Main Street. Yeah, Word on the Main Street uh, is my podcast that I do with Brian, my brother. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere podcasts are sold. And uh, follow us on Instagram, Word on the Main Street. You'll find us there. We post stuff and do stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> and if you're not listening to Word on the Main Street, what are you doing? Of course, you got to be listening to Word on the Main Street every Wednesday. It comes out. It is my favorite Disneyland podcast. And heck, I host this thing and it's still my favorite Disneyland podcast. So that is fantastic. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us. If you really enjoy the show, gosh, it would help us out if you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to it, if they do allow reviews. And on behalf of Skipper Rob, Heather Poppins, Joel Skellington, and Sean Solo, I'm Sean, your host. We'll see you next time. Thank you.